Hey, welcome to Let's Parent on Purpose. This is Jay Holland, and I'm glad you're joining me today for the parenting podcast that helps you thrive and not just survive your parenting years. Uh, it's going to be a fun kickoff to the new year as I share a little bit of a parenting pep talk with you. Um, hopefully something that might help you last and make it all the way through till 2019. Hey friends, really good to be back with you. Uh, this is for me the beginning of the new year. I took a couple weeks off over as far as podcasts go. You probably didn't notice because you were busy celebrating Christmas and and uh, having a happy new year. But I actually went, most of you guys know, I spent um, most of December in India with my family, and that was pretty amazing. If you want to know about that, uh, feel free to ask me. I'll go on and on and on forever. I'm not going to talk a ton about that today, except for a couple things. One is that I had um, such an encouraging time as we went around to different places, visiting different orphanages, meeting with with people who are now adults whose story you just would not believe. Um, the story of a little girl whose mother um, accidentally blew up her kitchen. She was a, a, a lady from a village and her her dad was a little more well off. And the mom accidentally blew up the kitchen and killed herself when the girl was, I think, three years old. And the dad died of a... Um, Basically, he kind of lost his mind after that happened. And so this little girl grows up in one of these Hope Givers orphanages and is just a delightful young lady in her 20s now, loves Jesus, life has been transformed. Um, another young man who at um, a very early age was was brought to one of these uh, Hope Givers orphanages, and he's now um, a married husband who's about 39 years old. He has an orphanage with 12 children and is running a Christian school that is educating about 1,200 Hindus and Muslims and Sikhs and, and Christians as well, pastoring a church. Uh, another young lady who actually watched her, I don't know if she watched or not, but her mother murdered her father. Um, and her mother was actually put in, in jail when Dr. Samuel Thomas was in jail. Um on some trumped up charges of false conversions and stuff like that. Just the persecution that's happening over there. But anyway, while in jail, he meets this mom who has just murdered her husband and she begs him to, to rescue her daughter. And, uh, I, I met that daughter as this delightful, sweet young lady in her early twenties who, um, came to Jesus at the Hope Givers Orphanage and is now with her new husband, um, has just moved to one of these and is and is helping run and oversee a home of 100 kids. So just one of the encouragements that I would say from that is you just don't ever give up on the power of the gospel. Don't ever give up on the, on the ability of, of Jesus and the gospel to transform the most unspeakable of tragedies. And, and my personal encouragement that, you know, the, the, the calamities that we've experienced in our family, um, the crisis that I've had, um, there's no way that I can sit and live in a forever pity party over those things. When I see how much um, these people have suffered and, and how how much joy they have in their life. So be encouraged that whatever you're going through, uh, it's not, 
it's not the end of the world, that no matter how bleak the circumstance is, God can redeem it, he can use it for good, and he can change you and your family. So that might be one lesson you just need to hear right at the beginning of the year. And and the other is that um, this trip that I had to India was actually a kind of a long-term goal that we had set for our family a few years ago. And it ties in with what I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today. I'm sharing with you, if you have kids at Covenant Fellowship and they were in in church this, this past Sunday, this is kind of the core of what I shared with them. And I want to share it with you as a mom and dad, whether you had kids at, at Covenant or wherever you live, and even whether you listen to this at the beginning of the year or not. I want to share with you such an important principle for your life and uh, something maybe that will help encourage you as you begin your year. Um, So in Matthew chapter 21, Jesus tells this little parable um, where he's, he's kind of chastising some of the Pharisees and religious rulers around him. And in Matthew 21, starting in verse 28, Jesus says, what do you think? A man had two sons and he went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, the son answered, I will not. But afterwards he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same thing. And this son said, I'll go, sir. But he did not go. And Jesus asked, which of the two did the will of his father? And they said the first. And Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, the tax collectors and prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterwards change your mind and believe him. Um, so this quick little um, chastisement parable that Jesus tells, how how much can you relate to this as a parent, where uh, sometimes you tell your kids to do stuff, and they grumble and complain, and then kind of afterwards they, they move around and they do it, but other times you'll, you'll tell them something, and they'll act like they're going to do it, they're all in, and then they do nothing with it, and... Uh, but today I'm not talking about your kids. I'm talking about you and I'm talking about me. And this parable reminds me of of just a really good um, principle that I I learned. I think Andy Stanley is the first one that I heard this from. And, uh, and the principle is this. Your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. So I think he calls this the principle of the path. Let me say it one more time. It's your direction not your intention that determines your destination. And and uh, you think about that. Uh, New Year's, how many of us make these piles of resolutions? Or maybe you're at the point in your life where you don't make any at all. Um, but how many times have you started a new year, a new school year, or even a new Monday with the greatest of intentions, but you kind of never put feet to it? Or you do for a couple of days, and then you don't follow through? Um and the, and the truth is, your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. See, I live here in Stewart, Florida, and when um, from our church, if you, if you just go out of our church driveway and, and go to the end of the road, you take a left to Indian Street, um, all of a sudden you're going to hit US-1. And here's the thing about US-1. It is, a, it is a super long road. I believe you can actually take some form of, this is like U.S. Federal Highway 1 to the Florida Keys, to Key West, Florida, or you can take it to Maine, if I believe, if, if I'm correct on this. 
So this one road will, will go to the Florida Keys or to Maine. Now, if you leave my office here and you go out to Indian Street and you turn on, on Indian Street, you take a left on Indian Street and you get to US-1, you're at the intersection. You can have every intention in the world of hitting Key West. And maybe, you know, it's cold right now. It's cold in, in Florida. It's definitely cold everywhere else. So maybe you're like, I want to go as far south as possible. I want to go to Key West. If you take a left on US-1, it does not matter how much you intend to get to Key West, you are headed for Maine. And if you don't stop, you're going to end up in Canada or the ocean. I don't know what's after Maine. Not that good at geography. Because the truth is your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. And, and I think how true is this in your family life and in just every aspect of your life? We have all kinds of intentions, but if we don't put our feet to them, if we don't put any actual direction to them, then, then it's never going to change. Uh, one of the ones that I shared with the, the teenagers that I think is so incredibly important on this when you're talking about directions is, is uh, in the terms of your friends. So this is one of those I, I think it's important for you to hear to reinforce with your kids, whether they're little kids or especially once they get teenagers and older, but, but we need to look in the mirror ourselves. And uh, that's this statement, and I, and I think it was a deacon at my church in West Virginia, Charles Grounds, who I think told me this, some, some form of this for the first time. Your friends determine the direction and quality of your life. Your friends determine the direction and quality of your life. I think maybe the way that, that my friend, that, that deacon, shared it for the first time was something like, if you show me um, your friends, I'll show you your future, or, or you're a, you know, you tend to become a composite of the five to seven people that you spend the most time with. And so mom, dad, grandparent, um, unless you're, unless you're a teenager, they're making, listen to this. I'm talking to moms and dads. Um, we think about this all of the time with our kids, don't we? We worry about who their friends are, who's spending time around them, who's influencing them. But I want to I wanna ask you, who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with? Who are the people that you're bringing into your life? Who are the people that you're spending, the five to seven people that you're spending the most time around? Now, if you're in a work environment, sometimes you can't change that, right? Like you have to work with who you work with. Um, not everybody has the freedom to, to up and change that and move. But, but you know what? That's the same way in your kids' school environments. They sometimes don't get to choose who their desks are next to, who they're around. But when it comes time to um, choose who you intentionally spend time with, who are the five to seven people that you spend the most time with? Because you are becoming a composite of those people. Does that scare you? Does it encourage you? Are the people that you're surrounding yourself with the most, um, are those people that have the freedom to speak truth into your life? Are they people that encourage you, that make you want to be a better man and make you want to be a better woman? Are they people that if, if you're doing something foolish, first off, they have the wisdom to tell you that? And second, do they have the courage and the freedom in your life to tell you? Um, are they those kind of people? Um, or are they people who, you know, they make you laugh and so they're fun, even though, even though they may be completely um, a train wreck in your life. As long as they make you laugh, that's all, all that matters. Re remember, your friends determine the direction and quality of your life. And so if you don't like your direction, 
um, and you don't like the quality of your life, you might need to pay attention to the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Um, even in a church, you can be in a church and involved in a church, but most of our churches are made up of all kinds of clusters of different people. And and if the people in your—sometimes I know this is a case for— um, for our teenagers, and I, I caution them on this, that, hey, just because you're around Christian friends doesn't mean you should let your guard down. Um, a, a lot of the dumbest things I've ever done in life I've done with my Christian friends because, yeah, we're all Christians. It doesn't matter. And and as adults, the same thing. Just because they're Christians, just because they're believers doesn't mean that you're sharpening one another. Um, you know, the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. But iron doesn't always sharpen iron. If you leave iron outside, it's just going to rust. And if you put iron next to iron, not in a position to sharpen each other, they, it doesn't do anything for each other. So, mom, dad, who are the friends that you're surrounding yourself with? Are they the kind of people that you want your kids to look up to? Are they the kind of people that you trust investing in your your kids? And if they're not, what are you going to do about it? We're at the beginning of a year. It's a great time to take stock of our lives. And, and I think go back to that original statement. Your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. So think about where you were this time last year and think about where you are now. And if you were just kind of giving yourself a general spiritual um, grade, I don't know if grade's the right word, if you were doing an assessment of where you are, do you feel like it's headed in the right direction? Now, you may not be there yet. You may not even be anywhere remotely there yet. But when you think about your life on its current trajectory, are you excited and encouraged about where it's going to go? When you think about your marriage on the trajectory it's on, where does it end up? Are you putting the time and effort into sharpening your marriage, into, into showing your spouse that you love them, into being a model of what it means to be a servant and follow Jesus? Or are you drifting apart? Look, if, if you're drifting apart, or if you're stagnant, or if you're going in the wrong direction, um, unless you change your direction, you're not going to like that destination. So as, as we begin the beginning of the year, um, I'm, I'm not telling you you need to make 15 New Year's resolutions, but what I would encourage you is whatever direction you're headed, take the beginning of the year here as a time for a little bit of a course adjustment. Um, you know, perhaps you need to make a radical change. Maybe even just this, this what I'm saying about friends is affirmation to you that you, you know, you've been ignoring the warning signs on the adult friends in your life and you need to make a change. Or maybe you, you realize that you're lonely and something's missing and you need to engage yourself. You, you need to get into a small group of adults and peers in a church, in a Bible study environment that will encourage you and equip you and sharpen you. Um, but you know, you can take this opportunity. Let's say that you're following Jesus. Let's say that you, you, you pretty much like the direction that things are headed. You know, what I would say is what can you do to take the next baby step in the right direction? Um, if you like the general direction, what's the next one thing that you can add? Um, and these are the, this is the list that I gave the teens uh, yesterday. Um, if if the next baby step that you need to have, <clears throat> excuse me, is is daily Bible study, um, I have a couple suggestions for you. 
uh, start with reading one chapter a day. And a great way to start that is the book of Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. There's 31 days in the longest month. So you can just pick whatever the day of the week is, and you can read that proverb and uh, just seek to read it actively, asking, what is God trying to teach me in this? What is, a, you know, what do I like from this? What can I apply? What kind of questions do I have? Ask yourself those questions. If you've done Proverbs and you're ready to move on, um, easy books to start with that are encouraging, I think, are James, 1 John, um, the Gospel of Luke. I think, it to me, it's my favorite read of the Gospels, my favorite narrative of them. And then um, step up to the book of Romans. We're, we're going through Romans with the teenagers right now over the course of basically the entire school year. Um, and if the 6th through 12th graders can handle Romans, surely um, with the power of the Holy Spirit, moms and dads can. So if you, ha- if you don't have a Bible study, make that your next ba- baby step, is I'm going to consistently commit to reading a chapter a day from the Bible. Uh, if you've got that down, let me encourage you in your prayer life. Um, set aside a specific time each day um, to pray. And what I would encourage is to write it down. Journal what your praises are, your requests are, um, and then write the answers. Like when, So the, one of the reasons we write it down is because God answers our prayer requests. And if we've written them down, then we can go back and we can praise God when those work. I use an app called PrayerMate, and I think I actually in one of the very early parenting uh, podcast, I talk about that. But uh, I love PrayerMate as an app on my phone to keep track of prayer requests, and I still use it nearly every day. Um, Another baby step. Say you're praying and you're reading your Bible. Sharing the gospel. Make a commitment to share the gospel each week. And that's one of my commitments for this year is is I want to intentionally share the gospel with somebody each week. And that's what's funny is that's become harder for me as a pastor as I spend more and more of my time around believers. But I need to make effort to do it. Um, Serve. Do you have a place of consistent service in your life where you are serving Jesus and serving the body of Christ? Step into a ministry. Help in the parking lot. Help with donuts. Get involved in child care. Start with nursing home. I mean, there's it's endless the things that you can that you can do. Um, another baby step: Are you giving? Have you begun to consistently, proportionally, and generously give of your resources to God, financially supporting the ministry that you're in? Um, fasting: Have you ever done that? Uh, maybe that you've got your prayer and your study and your giving and you're sharing the gospel um, and you want to go to that next power level. Um, start incorporating fasting as a regular spiritual discipline. You know, one easy way to do that is pick one day a week and fast from breakfast and lunch and then break that fast for dinner each week. Or maybe even just pick one meal a week that you're going to set aside to fast and pray that God would bless your family, give you strength, give you wisdom if you've got any particular real challenges in your life, then um, that's a good one to fast and pray over. Um, One more is um, finding somebody to mentor, finding somebody who can you pour out into. Um, It it could be your kids. It could be somebody at your work. There's, There's so many different contexts that you can do this in. Listen, I just listed one, two, three, four, five, six, I think seven different potential baby steps that you could add this year. And I'm not saying that you should add them all right now. I'm saying as you listen to my list, um, hopefully one of them stood out. And rather than resolve to do seven brand new things this year, focus on one. Get that down. Get that baby step down 
knowing that it's your direction that determines your destination. So you get that baby step down, you're closer on your goal to be more like Jesus and have spiritual growth. Hey, I hope it's going to be a great year for you. I'm super excited about it. I've got a lot of awesome interviews with some sharp people lined up this year. Uh, We're going to start even that next week. And if you've got any topics you want to cover, please let me know. Beyond that, happy new year and get started on your baby steps. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. Um, This is a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. If you are in the Treasure Coast area and don't have a home church, we would love to have you. Um, One other thing that I would ask as a favor, if this podcast is a blessing to you, would you share it with one person? Um, Would you subscribe to it if you haven't done that? So you, you get them each week when they come. And then would you let one person know that you like this so that they can do it as well? Um, I'm going to put show notes at letsparentonpurpose.com. You can also check out past archives and episodes. Um, Let me know if you have any topics you want me to cover. And beyond that, thanks so much for listening. I want you to remember this is a marathon, not a sprint. So don't give up. It's going to get better as time goes on. Look at your direction. Have a great week. Happy New Year. Talk to you soon.